Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to spark your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of There It Is. Thanks so much for being here. This episode is one I have been very excited to share with you ever since I booked the interview. It is with Jen Jamula and Allison Goldberg. They are actresses and comedians in New York City who co-created a couple of shows here, including the cult hit sketch show Blogalogs. We talk a great deal about them. We got to see, Justine and I got to see Blogalogs, and it was really great. Had to have them on. We both loved the show so much, so I just had to invite them on, and I'm so glad they agreed. This is a really fantastic chat, and you will hear my chat with Jen and Allison right after the break. You know, podcasts are sponsored. Not this one, though. Not yet, that is. But you know what podcast is sponsored? Comedy Bang Bang! And this week's episode of Comedy Bing Bong was sponsored by Blue Apron, the country's number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service. We ate Blue Apron this past week, just last night even. You know who else did? Scott Ackerman and his wife, the future widow Kulop. They didn't eat it with us. I, I don't know him. I don't know how to get him on this podcast. I tried. I don't know if it's remotely legal for me to talk about their sponsor, but I am because it's a great service. We use it often. Scott Ackerman has said he has used it, so there's that. Blue Apron delivered some meals to him and his wife. They ate them, and I can only assume they loved them because Blue Apron is great. Also, he said he loved them. Here are some recipes coming at you in August. Sautéed shrimp and some other stuff. Salmon and some other stuff. That's coming at you in August. Even a meatball pizza. Listen, don't just take Scott Ackerman's word for it. Try it for yourself for free. Get your first box of three meals free, including shipping, by going to blueapron.com CBB and signing up. Again, I don't know if I can legally tell you about another podcast sponsor, but this is where a sponsor is supposed to go in a podcast episode, and we don't have a sponsor, so I'm telling you about other podcast sponsors. So that's blueapron.com slash CBB. Comedy Bang Bang gets the credit and the glory. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hello from New York. You are in L.A., correct? We are in Yay! L.A. How's Great. it in New York? What's going on? <laughs> Not too much. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly. I, we, My girlfriend and I, Justina is her name, we went to the pit and saw Blogalogs and just thought it was the best show. It was such a fun show and it's such an inventive idea. 
Thank you. Thanks. You're very welcome. We'll talk about that in a minute, but first let's talk a little, a little background. I will start with Jen, just because you're on the left on the screen here. <laughs> cool. um, so what is your background in performance? Sure. Uh, are you, where are you from? I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, okay. uh, the Reading Railroad on the Monopoly board. And I definitely did theater when I was younger. I sort of made a full transition into really liking to do that in high school with musicals. Um, so I kind of came at it through singing and then studied it in college. Uh, both Allie and I went to Yale and we were theater majors there, which is where we met. Excellent. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So at Yale, I was doing more like very weird, like, strange i was doing some comedy but it was like very weird comedy it was like chris durang stuff and ellie and i were in a couple mm-hmm. plays together um and then out of school was pursuing a more traditional acting path in new york city but um ali sort of has a very similar story in that we yes. both became pretty disillusioned with that mm. after a number of years and we reconnected and decided that we wanted to be creating our own work as opposed to just acting in other people's uh-huh. work um and that's how blog okay. was born we didn't know that it was comedy at first. We thought it might just be a really cool performance art theater show, but that it very quickly became clear that it was comedy. <laughs> okay. You comedians. <laughs> very cool. So you both got disillusioned. It was because you felt the need to create your own work. Well, that was the result, mm-hmm. I think. Mm. But, um, you know, I think most people fall in love with theater as a kid because you are really creating something. You get together first rehearsal with the gang and you <laughs> talk about the script and you create this little world together. And then in the real world, you're often just waiting in line for whatever's on the docket. And it might not be something you're excited about. It maybe is in a city you don't want to move to for three months to do that gig. And they're also... Um, yeah, and I also had the experience of replacing someone. So it wasn't even like you went to rehearsal and built something with the cast members. Like I just oh. replaced this woman and was told do it like she did it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then also there aren't many roles for women, or rather I should say the roles that exist for women are pretty, um, you know, they're stereotypical. Like if you mm-hmm. look at like, like I think a good example is the musical Oklahoma. It's like there's the ingenue Laurie. There's the slutty sidekick, which was always me. And then there's like the old maid Aunt Eller. And those are like the three roles for women. Ingenue, her like crazy sidekick who needs mm-hmm. to get her act together, and the old maid or the mother or something like that. So um, as a kid, it's especially when you're the weird one and your cast is the quirky sidekick, it's super fun. But then at a certain point, you're like, wait a minute. Why yeah. is that the only thing? So we just wanted to be doing other things and looking at other stories, I think is where it came from. And new media was really changing the game. Um, I don't mean to age ourselves, but we old. And um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm older. I don't know about that. So in 2010, you know, it seems so long ago and yet not at all, but like the internet was kind of a baby in a lot of ways yeah. in 2010. And so it was a really interesting time for us to realize that new media was changing storytelling and that now anyone can share their stories. And yeah. that that was kind of the impetus to then go create our own work. Okay. Well, good answer. Yeah, that's no, it's great. Uh, and also just to go back for you, and, and I'm sure the audience recognized that was a different voice. That was Allie speaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Spanish one is Allie. Hey guys. Yeah, the low man sounding one is Jen. No, you're not man sounding. Like, I'm like a little bit of a cartoon character. <laughs> I'm, I'm mature. <laughs> so Allie, did you, I assume you grew up performing and I totally grew up. Right. No, um, my background's pretty similar to Jen's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Baltimore and I did traditional theater, really was a big musical theater dork, moved to New York and auditioned and got cast in some stuff, but just didn't really find it fulfilling in the way that I thought that I would. Mm. And it was later that I realized that what I loved as a kid was creating, and that's not really what you do in, theater. in the traditional, traditional um, you know, auditioning and then performing. I mean, mm-hmm. the performing, performing is exciting, but it's sort of interesting because we always think that performing you know, is the most exciting job ever, but it's actually the only job where you go to work and you say the same exact thing every single day. You know, it's like really Groundhog Day. So I, uh, <laughs> I like doing new stuff. That's yeah. very cool. Uh, yeah. You're not, especially uh, since I've moved to New York City, you are <laughs> not the only people I hear say, yes, we have this background growing up doing theater and it really shows in uh, theater performance and uh that I see here whenever I see improvisers perform and there are sketch shows and they're really great. I could pretty much tell the ones who have a background in theater. So I was not at all surprised to hear that you both do because you're such great performers on stage. Um, so the encouragement I would give anyone listening, who's especially the young people is start getting into theater now because just you learn so much and you'll be so great. Um, what I didn't know was that you two went to college together and, uh, and, and performed there together. So you found a bond back then. So kind of. Uh, we knew one another in college, but I would say we only really got to really know one another after, years after. Yeah. That, yeah those we- are fun relationships, like people that you kind of knew. And then just as adults, when you fully developed and you've hit 25, so your brain is fully formed, then you <laughs> sort of reconnect with these people from college. <laughs> Connected when our brains were fully formed, that's you know? That's right. That's what happened. <laughs> that's like about the timeline. We were in a play together one experience. We were in Christopher Durang's The Nature and Purpose of the Universe. Which was probably my favorite show I did in college. Me too. Oh, and uh, if you've ever read the play, you know it sounds like it's really not funny, but it's hilarious. It's about this... I think it sounds funny. Okay, so <laughs> this housewife who I played, who's really abused by um, her family members in various ways. They take advantage of her. They're really mean to her. But then on top of that, there are these agents of God that come in and really like mess with her and Allie played one of them and she was like ten different Well there characters. was only one. It was just me playing oh, all the characters. Will Nealon was it I think he might have been God. He was God. Okay. So, so the the thing about the show is that it's answering the question, why do people suffer? And Christopher Durang's answer is God is bored. So <laughs> Jen plays this housewife and I just came down to mess as with a me. million different characters <laughs> to fuck with <laughs> So, but it was fun. It was very blogologues, at least for me, because I remember what I loved so much about it is I would come on stage as one character doing one scene, walk off, put on a different costume piece, walk straight back on as another character to fuck with her. And that's kind of what, that's all, <laughs> in blogologues, we play like 10 different characters and we run off stage and we change frantically and come back on as someone mm-hmm. else. It's an amazing show. Um, when did you first develop that? Oh, so long ago. <laughs> Do we have to tell? No, I'm just kidding. Our um, first show was 2011. in 2011. Okay, wow, okay. So it has been going a long time. and But it stayed so fresh. 
Thank you. I mean, it's taken various forms throughout time, and um, we're you actually have some newer, I guess. Blog. I guess we should explain what the what sure. the show yeah. is. So in blogologs, we take content from the internet completely verbatim. We don't change the words. Um, it can be like a Yelp review, Facebook post, a blog post. We used to do a lot of blog posts, but now it's a little more social media oriented. Mm-hmm. But completely word for word, and uh, we create sketches from it. So without changing the words, we think about who could be saying this, what situation are they in? Mm-hmm. And then we stage it with full lights, full costumes, um, sometimes music, sometimes we sing. Um, yeah, so it's like kind of theater meets sketch comedy, all fueled by the internet. It's really fantastic. Were you before 2011 doing any improv? No, our background is traditional theater. Just yeah. traditional theater. No, uh, no sketch writing classes or anything. Oh, I mean, looking back, I was always playing comedic roles, although I didn't really notice it at the time. Um, I remember as a kid thinking I was always cast as the quirky side sidekick and never the ingenue, and I'd like to be cast as the ingenue for the experience. And then, of course, later I was like, wait, why are there only two options for me? But, um, yeah, no, it's traditional theater, but for blogologues, we do treat it like theater. Like we take the internet, we take text from the internet and we sort of fill in who could be saying this? Why are they mm-hmm. saying this? We fill in stage direction, character, lighting projections. And as you saw, we sort of try to catfish the audience. So if you think the answer, you know, if you read, if you were to actually read this on the internet and you mm-hmm. think that it was done by an old man, we'll do it as, you know, a group of schoolgirls or something you know what i mean so we we kind of try to flip it on its head and do something unusual with it or as we saw you know we'll add music i mean that's the the reason i was asking if you have background in writing sketch or in doing improv is because comedically it's a very solid show and put together really well because of those choices that you're making Mm -hmm. because you were saying okay let's uh present this with this kind of person and they're not simple uh, choices that you're making it, clearly a lot of thought was put into it a lot of processing was put into putting that together thank you for noticing <laughs> <laughs> we have so many people especially like when you work with corporate partners they're like oh can you just like throw together an hour-long show for our event and we're like no That's not how it works <laughs> unless you want to pay us ten thousand dollars because it takes so much time but like i think non-creative people bless their hearts have no idea how much goes into some of this work um you're from baltimore you said yeah. It's I didn't realize saying bless your heart had moved up that far from the south to where you people You know what? Here's the thing about Maryland. First time I've ever heard her say that. Yeah, but I say all the Well, first of all, I left Maryland when I was 18, so I can't say that it at this point has so much influence over my vocal behavior or anything like that, but uh I, it is south of the Mason-Dixon. I was just going to say, yeah. South of the Mason-Dixon, but we fought with the north. For the record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, but- the show, you are taking blog posts and, and you're, you're doing more than just reading them. I mean, you're acting things out from a particular perspective of a character that you have created. And it really makes for an uproarious show and like just comedically solid show. So are you just both naturally good at comedy that's that's a bad question to ask ask, because neither of you are gonna say yes we are naturally gifted at comedy (laughs) amazing no i have an answer but you should go first all right i unless you want me to but well hold on i'm trying to um i think we've gotten better over time with using devices like dramatic pauses and things like that but for me 
I think what where it really starts for us in making it funny is um, is our theater background and like finding the stakes of the situation. So we have to like latch into the scenario that we find like pretty hard. Um, so, for example, like uh, I think the, in the show that you saw, we performed a live tweeted exchange as an opera. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought, you know, that particular, we've always wanted to do an opera. So that made the stakes immediately like a billion times higher. And for those of you out there who don't know what we're talking about, it was a live tweeted exchange um, of a, a woman talking about a time she went on a first date and she had to, she pooped in her purse, essentially. She went to the bathroom, she didn't know where to put it, she stuck in her purse. And um, a lot of the coverage of it that we were reading had headlines like Brave Woman Tweets Her Poop Story and things like that. Um, and we thought Brave Woman, isn't that so hilarious? Why don't we actually make this a story about somebody who thinks they're very brave? <laughs> like the story's really dumb. It's so dumb. So we dramatize the fuck out of it. Yeah. So right. we just think it's super important. Um, or there's a piece that you didn't see in our show where we do a, a series of Tinder exchanges as one man's journey to find love. And I play the man and then Ali comes on as the woman I eventually that we fall in love, you know, at the end. But we had some other actors come on as different characters. Um, but just like that whole thing propelling about trying to find love, I think actually like made the stakes really high and made it funny. What's yeah. your answers? My answer was going to be pretty similar. So mm-hmm. actually just building off that, like the brand of comedy that I've always liked is the comedy that is really specific and stems from some kind of truth. So I kind of hate to say this because I don't, I hate when people just like say things about celebrities. Like I don't know them, but you know, like Will Ferrell (laughs) seems really friendly and great, but like he's always playing Will Ferrell. You know what I mean? He's Will Ferrell being funny. What I think is really interesting is people like Kristen Wiig who are like really going into characters or like, um, Kate McKinnon, uh, is a smart actress. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I think comedy comes from, from truth and treating these people like real people. So I actually, I I kind of think it's always been to our advantage that we never really had a comedy background or training. We take this text from the internet and we treat it like it's real because also it is like everything we're performing, someone really did write. So the idea is we try and we talk about it because there is a fine line between that and getting kind of sticky. Mm -hmm. So we try to really remember that they're, they're real and to tr- to play them like real people, even if they're these very bizarre specific people. <laughs> yeah. You have good instincts comedically. And then obviously as actors, you have good instincts, especially to say, let's treat these people like they're real because some of these things, they're funny on its face. Anyone reading it will just laugh. But a couple of the things like you do uh, something that Milo wrote for Breitbart yeah. and you do something that Kirk Cameron wrote and yeah. These are just like just like homophobic things, and so you re- you'll read any either of those pieces, and you're like, a person thinks this. This is <laughs> awful, yeah. and yet you still were able to f- mine something so serious for comedy. Is it also a little lethargic to be able to present those particular pieces the way you do? Those are our favorite pieces. Like we really love presenting text that is not naturally funny because mm-hmm. if it's already funny, what are we doing? You know what I mean? So sometimes if something went like that, that poop story went super viral. And so for us, it was like, okay, it already went viral. So there, there, there will be fun for our, like when we first did it, we did it like the week it went viral and the audience recognized it and lost their shit. Mm-hmm. So in those cases, it's like, okay, we got to do something really out of the box with it, which we also do with the serious ones. 
<laughs> I said I, I love the serious shit. I'm making it funny. Well, I was gonna say I. I mean, and I think you agree. I find the Milo article hilarious. I mean, you the fact that, that anyone, yeah, like, so is the Kirk Cameron one, and so, so like the fact that someone's fucking serious that like people can turn gay, like that's our hilarious in a way. Like yeah, when we. I agree. Yeah. Well, I articles, see what you're saying for sure. Totally. Both I mean, those it's articles, terrible. it's terrible, but they both right. read like parodies. So we were like, if we just present this straight, then people will probably laugh at it because we have a very liberal-minded audience just like us. But then, yeah, we love that like um, effect that comes after when people, it sinks in that it's real. Yeah. yeah. So, so the Breitbart one, as you saw, but just like, I guess for the listeners, you know, we, we bring up audience volunteers. I don't know if you can call them volunteers. Well, we we take them uh, <laughs> captives. And so, you know, we turn it into this like hazing ritual. The, the piece that we're talking about is about, um, it's anti-birth control. So, you know, we add music and chanting and there's certain pieces of the text that we turn into a refrain. So we're always trying to do creative things with it. Um, but, you know, even some of these serious blogs, it's like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the title of the Milo one is Birth Control Makes Women Unattractive and Crazy. Right. Well, you it's know? true. No. You know, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so like you read that and I'm, I'm, I get angry, you know, but then I see the piece and I'm like, ah, uh. it's yeah. I think one of the things about the pieces as you were talking about, there is a, a element of humor to it of because it's so absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. Like, you have to laugh at it. Otherwise, you just cry. <laughs> right. Right. And those are probably maybe better pieces. To, like, could you take something that's just truly sad and doesn't have that element of it's so absurd, it's funny? Yeah. It's What's, is there an example? We've done that. We've, that. Done. we've done stuff that's like just serious and not funny and we make it funny. Hmm. Um, you're going to have to cut out some dead air while we think about that. Sad or serious? Like, oh, like the corporate about. cookie blog, or I know it was forever ago, or like yeah. something that's just like not, not yeah. nothing about it. Nothing about it. There's definitely, hold on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we've taken stuff from, well, like Evan Mark Katz is not funny on the page, mm-hmm. which I love. The, it's dead serious. Oh. oh, gosh, yeah. That is another one where he's being serious, and I guess it does feel a little like. He's like if so. We were, if we were to send you that homepage, mm-hmm. it's not funny. It's just like okay. And also the alt. I don't. I think you saw the sketch. We do an alt right blog that is a dating market value test where mm-hmm. women can find out basically if they're dateable. And as you might imagine, it is only extremely specific, absurd physical questions. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's not funny. Like we read it, and both of us sometimes like one will read it and be like, we have to do this, and the other one will be like, we have to do this, and we're like, okay, whatever. So, I, but that one, I was like, we're gonna figure this out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's just a quiz. Like, it's just literally question A, B, C, D. Like, it's not, it's sad. There's nothing funny about it. But but then we were like, what if we play Austrian bodybuilders who are secretly gay for each other? And then that's where the comment <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The And the Evan Mark Katz thing was so crazy that, and, and it was the first thing. Yeah. Um, right. So it made me think, I, like, wait a minute. <laughs> is this real? Are these real things from the internet? They say that, but is it? <laughs> it is so real. If you go to that website, it's. I like did. A- I, did. I, after the show, I was like, I'm going to have to check this out later. It's like 100 pages long. I think we edited that down. We edited that down very far. Oh, yeah. I love, though, when people leave and Google it and then they're like, oh, shit, that was real. <laughs> well, then one of our favorite sketches, that URL has been taken down. Bronies? Mm. Yeah. Mm hmm. 
just sad because I want people to be able to Google it. But has yeah. anyone? Do you think they took it down because they caught wind of your show? No, that'd be cool. <laughs> I think just awesome. like just the nature of the internet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We used to perform this URL. It was steamcommunity.com/slash/groups/slash/hugsexyponies. That was the name of the group, Hug Sexy Ponies, <laughs> and we formed this forum like a kind of rap and I came out as like a My Little Pony and I wall twerk and stuff. Mm-hmm. We still like doing it, but if people Google it, it's been taken down, which is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, it's such a fun show and uh, you've been touring with it. You're in, you're on the, the West Coast doing it right yeah. now, right? We're in LA right now. We did blog logs on our other show, How to Break Up by Text um, in LA this June and in August we'll be in San Francisco with both shows. Okay. You know, we just... Mm-hmm. Did you it's, go to London too? Did I? Oh my god, I'd love to. Who want anyone no. out there? If you want to take us to London, we're in. Yeah, <laughs> we've taken the show to Philadelphia. We're actually looking to hopefully tour more with it. And for the first time this summer, um, this June, we did a two woman version of the show. So we typically have a third actor in the show. As it was mm-hmm. when you saw it. Right. Who reads tweets and things between the sketches? But now we have uh, internet trivia that comes up between the sketches just on the projector. And Ali and I us time over changing frantically. You know, change time. Uh, but it's just Ali and I, so uh, it's just the two of us, and uh, that makes it a lot more tourable. Very yeah, cool. so more of that. I mean, so yeah. far we haven't done an official tour. We would love to. We just decided first we tried Philly because we were like, oh, it's so close, and then um, and easy. But then we really wanted to try the West Coast because like LA is LA, and then San Francisco. We're going to actually. So shameless plug, I suppose. We're going to be performing in Theater Works Palo Alto New Works Festival, where they're late night weirdo fucking show at 10 p.m. on August 18th. So since our show kind of looks at the, you know, internet and new media and the tech world, we've been curious for a while about taking it to San Francisco. Amazing. Yeah, that'd be great. That's a great town. Great town. People would like it there. We hope so. (laughs) We hope so. (laughs) What is some of the processing you do? Like if you, you, you mentioned earlier, you have sometimes uh, you read something and it's ridiculous and you don't know how to do it and you say uh, we're going to figure out how to do this yeah what is some of that process of figuring out how to do it hmm so do you want to go i'm thinking go for it if you have uh, in mind. so we'll look at a piece of text and we'll basically try several different scenarios and it's interesting how there's always one where immediately we're like oh yeah this is the one so we might, so basically we say, oh, just read this as an old man, read this as a pirate. And we just see like what ideas kind of come to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it usually starts with just like trying out ridiculous, you know, kind of, kind of caricature characters and then kind of honing it in from there. Um, there was this one piece in particular that I, I remember we tried like 17 different ways. And then our stage manager was like, what if this was a dude picking up his date to go to prom? And we were like, okay. And that fit perfectly. So, you know, so for instance, with Kirk Cameron, that piece about um, the gaying of America, which is literally Mm -hmm. the subtitle. So we just decided, like, what if this was, like, we're the last straight people on Earth. We're the survivors. We have to army crawl out. So we just mess with stuff, and then something hits and then from there we go further and we add lights and we add projection and we figure out how can we how can we split up the text like it's not an even split in any way like it might be like Jen takes a phrase and then I chime in with the rest of the phrase and then we say something in unison or 
you know, or we bring up audience members. So it's, it's the fun, creative challenge is filling in all those blanks. Yeah, just to add to that, uh, talking about acting um, and like justifying what you're saying, I think that's where it all starts, where it's like, you know, we're trying all these characters and it's really the moment when you feel like the character that you're playing in the scenario that you're playing, they would be saying this, like there's a reason that they're saying it. It all just sort of like clicks in where, yeah, like Ellie was saying about like um, a guy picking up a girl for prom from his parents. Somehow that just fit with this weird Facebook page. It was called Parents Against Weird Sex. <laughs> and as we did, as we split up the text, we were playing these characters. We were like, yeah, they would say these exact words in this situation. And it takes a while to come to that. Sometimes we have to edit out a little bit of the text. Um, we only ever edit for length. We don't like change it around or anything like that. We never change the words. Mm-hmm. Or the like, essence of it. Or the essence. Um, yeah. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I, I find myself wanting to justify too much of it. Like, we're the last two straight people on earth. And then I'm like, all right, well, who are we talking to exactly? Who is the audience? You know, what's going on? At a certain point, you kind of have to give it up and just take, <laughs> take the leap and go for it. And then, like, as I was saying, then we start to add all of the fun theatrical elements that really, like, make it pop and make it fun to watch. Yeah. And it's fun using a sound cue to immediately reveal an entire scene. So, for instance, that prom scene... We don't add text. That's the whole gimmick. It's word for word from the internet. But the way the scene started, this is when the cast was larger, is we had two of our actors, like, clearly playing, you know, one of them was wearing, like, a moo-moo kind of thing. They're playing parents. The scene starts with, take my breath away, that sound cue comes up. Mm -hmm. I enter in this, like, awful dress. And, like, immediately, without even getting into text yet, you know where to from. Right, right. you know what I mean? That, you know, and they start taking pictures of me. And so it's fun the things you can do, I mean, with sound and gesture and everything before you get into the scene itself. Yeah. And I imagine your practice, your years of practice of script analysis helps break these things down. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think so. Sometimes the text has nothing to do with the scenario that we end up choosing. Like, I mean, there are a couple examples there was one piece about young people just want to be famous that we did. Uh, <laughs> and it was Allie and another one of our actors playing this older couple, like an elderly couple. And as they're talking about, yeah, young people just want to be famous. They just want to be on YouTube. You realize that they're making a sex tape together <laughs> as this older couple <laughs> and that they're going to put it on YouTube. Um, or another example is we had found a list. Uh, it was just called dog videos that I want to watch on the internet that I'd like to see on the internet. It was just like a silly list of like funny dog videos that somebody wanted to see on the internet. And we were like, well, what if it's a couple that has a mutual dog fetish and they're just saying, like discovering they're discovering this. it together. Yeah. And it's like rekindling their relationship. So mm-hmm. it's stuff like that. We or love even that like happens. the dating market value test that you saw. That blog is about misogyny. Yeah. We do it as two secretly closeted gay men. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just doing something totally different with it. I would love for them to see it because what we do with it is probably their worst nightmare. I should say that when it's someone's personal blog and we can contact them, we do contact them and let them know. Um, What kind of responses have you gotten from people? It's always been very positive. We invite them to come see it. But most of what we do is pretty anonymous. Or I shouldn't say pretty anonymous. It's anonymous. (laughs) Like... No Craigslist posts or right. there's no way to contact people. We've had bloggers come see it um, in the past. That used to happen a lot more, but people generally had a really favorable reaction to it. And I think they just never expected to see their words <laughs> staged with an audience that I think has been pretty surreal for some folks. We have oh, okay. 
we had a blogger talk back a while ago, yeah. which was fucking cool because everyone in the audience had the same reaction you did where they're like, wow, I can't believe this is real, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, we were like, surprise, several of the bloggers are here tonight. Come on up. And people were like, oh, shit, they're here. Oh, wow. So that was just kind of luck that in that particular iteration, we contacted. There were quite a few people contact. It wasn't as many anonymous posts. And they, a bunch of them happened to be in New York. So we were able to get, I mean, it wasn't so many, but we were able to get like four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, I'm sure, uh, Kirk Cameron doesn't seem like he'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we figured, well, some of them too, like for instance, Evan Mark Katz, mm-hmm. um, and Kirk Cameron, like they're putting it out there for advertising purposes or because they want to create a conversation. And what we do is parody. So in those cases, we don't necessarily, like where you have not contacted Evan Mark Katz, although, I think it'd be hilarious. his book, why he disappeared. <laughs> so I'm like, say that's fucking, I just love how in that post. So for the listeners that post, um, yeah, he has, he has a whole, this guy named Evan Marquette. If you go look it up, he has a whole line of products about why he disappeared and telling women like what they did wrong. Oh, wow. So and disappeared. And it's just like, I love that he goes on and on and yeah. on about all the things women are doing wrong, not like, oh, men, maybe fucking man up, and if you're not interested, just say something. Yeah. Like, the disappearing part, not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, it's always women's fault. Yeah. It's, uh... Those whores. It's Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate what you're doing, and one of the cool things that you have is you have a whole crew. Yeah. You mean the audience? No, you mean the team. A team, a team that's helping you, uh, you know, behind the scenes, uh, because well, you you have uh, you know stage man, a stage manager, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah, we're really lucky. I mean, as we said, we started in 2011, so we've worked with a lot of people, but it's taken a long time to really streamline the show. And currently, we're working with some really amazing folks who, you know, our stage manager's been with us for years. She really just gets it. Um, uh, the lighting and sound person have been with us for a while and their turnaround on design for our show is really quick because it is a strange concept and hard to explain if you've never seen it but once you know once somebody gets it and is in they're able to work really quickly we have an amazing choreographer who also directs with us Mm -hmm. so um, yeah I think finally we've sort of like gelled into a really like more efficient uh, crew (laughs) we're trying to streamline things to be honest it's a lot of work but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, you saw the show, there's like a hundred slides in every show because mm-hmm. uh, we credit everything. Like the idea is, um, yeah, there was one person that got really mad at us and said we were stealing. And it's like, at no point did we claim to that this right. right. And it's funny because the thing that got him so mad, he sent us an image and the image was of his credits. We were like, I don't get it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's there are projections the whole time, making it really clear, like this is the source, go check it out, you know, and there's a lot of visual jokes in the uh Kirk Cameron piece. Mm-hmm. We've all heard slides about the gang of America and stuff. So it's a lot of cues. And another cool thing that you're doing is you are working with organizations to teach them some stuff. Can you talk a little bit about the workshops that you're doing for, for companies? So we have a whole corporate arm that we created a while ago, we've been doing workshops for about four years. We have a company called Gold Jam Creative, combining mm-hmm. our last names. <laughs> Very nice. creative. 
Um, it's funny how many people ask us, like, what is Gold Jab? And, and we're then like, we, that's our it's last It's like good name. friends, and we tell them, and they're like, oh, and then they're like so embarrassed, uh, but a lot of people have asked us. Right. So we teach communication skills to a lot of startup companies, but also like larger corporations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, traveled a bit for it, and uh, it started out with public speaking, presentation. We found that um, being actors, we had skills in just helping people be able to get up in front of groups and speak. But then also with blog logs, the whole thing about reinventing text, taking whatever it is you have to say and making it more exciting in some way without necessarily changing the words was really useful to people who have all these like kind of dry talking points or present PowerPoints that they need to you know show in front of a group of people. Yeah. So this is sort of it's not sort of it has branched out into a lot of different workshops. Um, we talk with companies now about how to handle difficult conversations, uh, giving and receiving feedback. We do a whole women in leadership series and how to be a male ally in the workplace, conversations around bias. It's crazy how many different directions it's taken. Um, yeah. And so, I bet also like if you're working with scripted things, it probably eases some of the tension because I know with like a, an improv workshop, if you go to a company, then they'll say, like, oh, I am not funny or I have to come up with this stuff or I have to open up and share stuff with these people. But if you're saying like, here, here, say this. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's some improv and role playing, but we make it really clear that it's that's not what the workshop is about. And mm-hmm. it's not about being funny. Um, it's about thinking on your feet to respond to some of these situations. But, yeah, there's right. a lot of the crux is, though, um, you know, like having phrases that you know you can use to open that conversation and then saying those in the right way. Um, and we try to make it a really a positive experience. It's very interactive on your feet. And we think actually we hear that our workshops are pretty different than most in that people are up the whole time doing exercises together and participating. It's so weird to me though, that there are public speaking workshops where they just talk at you because I feel like you can't do it unless yeah. you do it. So. Right. Um, but I want to say, in, in the public speaking specific workshop, we end by having everybody perform Craigslist posts. So oh, fun! And we tell them for that that you don't need to worry about being funny. But this is selling a product, much like you might do at work. It's just a little out there. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's fun because it is already funny. So they feel great. They get laughs no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. But it actually has those same principles of selling a product, making the text go somewhere. Because Craigslist posts are actually very one note. So like mm-hmm. really. Um, making creative, memorable choices. So it's fun how it applies to the workplace, but then they have a great time doing it. Yeah, we love teaching them, and uh, we're, we love that we get to travel. We got to go to Sweden last year to do a workshop. Um, yeah, that was it. We went to Spotify Stockholm office. Yeah, we've been out in LA to teach, and it's it's great. We we love that. You know, we also created the company, so that feels good. <laughs> Excellent. And where can people go to find that if they want to hire you? Goldjamcreative.com. Sweet. uh, this is a good time to transition into the end and try to figure out something that we can create together do you have any ideas (laughs) yeah uh you want to send us something of yours uh like a a a blog post or something like that no you have like a text exchange or like a okay have you do you have any yelp reviews craigslist i okay i had this weird or we're just going to do a Craigslist post for you. <laughs> I had a weird thing that happened on uh, Twitter yesterday okay. um, where someone had posted something serious and uh, somebody said something uh, to them. And I thought, oh, that's 
well, they just kind of maybe don't understand something. So I just politely said something to one guy, um, and uh, he received that well. But this other guy started chiming in and just saying the back and forth was so strange. He started saying just the weirdest things to me. And at some point, it just it almost it basically got to be gibberish. Uh, we we um, got to see it. We got to see it. We would love to see that. Okay. <laughs> And then um, we have to edit out some silence because we're gonna, we're gonna need a minute. Should we go to your Twitter? Should we? Yeah. Yeah. It's link. the Twitter is at Jason Far Jokes. Okay. Right. Not and, gonna lie, listeners, it's a lot more involved when you see it live. But we're gonna see what we can do. <laughs> no, this is a lot of fun because <laughs> it, it got weird. Um, so at Jason Far Jokes, and it's it starts with just a day ago. So if you'd, you'd have to go to tweets and replies to find it. Shot, that's nice. <laughs> oh, what's that? I like your headshot. Yeah, head head oh, thank you. Great. Okay, got it. Which and, one? Okay, so the first one was me saying the sentence may sound weird when you only see the fame an actress has. That one, I was responding to something Jasmine Simon tweeted and then a guy named Ryan Blake, who I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything, he... Responded. Just kidding. And so, (laughs) well, so what happened was Jasmine Simon uh, was talking about the Sofia Coppola controversy right now in regarding her movie Beguiled, where they erase all of the black women out of this book that was set during slave times. And uh, so it was like slavery. This (laughs) this family owns slaves. And they're making a movie about this book, about this family, and they erased the black people. So it's kind of like, what are you even doing? And yeah. so Jasmine Simon was saying, isn't it hard enough being an actress? You completely disregard black actresses. And someone said, uh, Ryan Blake said, isn't it hard enough being an actress might be the most privileged thing I've ever read. So I said, trying to be polite is when I said, yeah, that sentence may sound weird when you only see the fame an actress has, but she's referring to how women are paid less and objectified. Yeah, and I think, like, getting to that success is very difficult. Very difficult. So, and, and like, yeah, we because look at of the things. amount of characters I had, I didn't get to ex- really go into more detail other than saying paid less and objectified. Obviously, there's so much more that women are going through. But then you have this guy, <laughs> King Bank... Bank Kai, Bank Kai, and it's Nate B. Win or whatever his name. So he tried to pull an actually, and that's so that's kind of when it got weird. Can you are you seeing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, this might be hard to do on the spot though, unless you have any ideas. Who else being judged? Okay, so what we would first first step. Is like, what's our assumption of who this person is when we're reading this text? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at his reply to you, and I'm going to say this hinges on the actually, but this guy <laughs> sounds a bit like a know-it-all. So mm-hmm. I think the immediate character that would pop into my head, do you agree, Ali, is like some sort of like professorial know-it-all, like brown-nosing sort of guy. Yeah, but think? then if you're going to go with the opposite, they but could be like Disney characters. So, mm-hmm. I, yes. so I think we might first try it like what our assumption is. So, you know, obviously on stage it would be different. We'd have a whole scenario for this. So we right. would figure it out. But just reading this, I think it would be like, actually, it's not about being paid less. <laughs> It's it's what he's, he's not he, he's not even yeah. good grammar. It's it's he goes it's by being judged on more levels than just raw talent, and the show business life is hard AF. 
it's hard. F. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So next we might ask ourselves, like Ali said, like what is something you might not expect? So you said like Disney characters or what do you think? Yeah. I don't know. This one is hard to do on the fly. I got to say mm. we, yeah, because I mean, most of them, we do go pretty in depth with the scenario, but you'd have to figure out, um, the dynamic between them and the scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where it got weird, I'll say, is <laughs> that he... So, I say a couple of things. Just like, yeah, definitely women are going through a lot, but like, paid... I'm hearing too many... Penny, I've heard too many women in Hollywood talk about not getting equal pay for equal work to not think that's an element of this. <clears throat> yeah, I think if we were really going to go for it, he'd be like the Monopoly man. Oh, that'd be funny, yeah. I mean, but, just something like totally out of the box where he's just like mm-hmm. tossing out money. Right. <laughs> and like and so, not standing. I think where it started to get weird, so at first he, it sounds like he's saying, hey, women have it hard. Um, but then he starts to say stuff like, as if there's not a pay gap issue. He, he, he makes a comment like, well, the art world is different than the labor world. You're, you're paid for what you bring. See, I think this would be funny if it was like the Monopoly Man, and then like like um, Jen's the Monopoly Man. She has a little monocle, and uh-huh. I'm like human stool. She's like playing a man. I'm playing a woman, and so like she's going on and on about how things are like uh, about how women aren't paid less while like throwing money around and, and like sitting on me as a human stool. That's what I would like just throw. You know uh, what I mean? Uh, I yeah. just throw that out there. So for our sketches, we try a lot of weird things in terms of doing it right now for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's complicated. <laughs> I think it's a little complicated. I mean, it is, and it especially when it gets to the end where he eventually says, uh, because it sounds like he starts. He it sounds like he doesn't believe in the. He, he switches to sounding like he doesn't believe there's a pay gap issue, and I'm like, well, there is. Here's an article about it. Check this out, and then he says. That's true. That's what I've been telling you. Women do not get paid equal pay, and you're denying it. Fucking so, internet. <clears throat> exactly. This is a crazy person. But is there a way? It's too complicated to be able to play both of those realms where he's saying one thing and then he says something contradicting what he said before? Yeah, the persistence. Well, the other thing is when we click conversation, we don't get it pulled up all at once. Yeah, it's, it's doing the same to me, even though it's... We could do this for you, but we would need an hour. Okay. <laughs> but, no, there I you think, go, guys. But I think you're latching into something about like him... Yeah, him contra- going back and forth. Contradicting himself. I think there's inherent comedy in that that we could mind. We would find, like, you know, who who is that? How quickly could they... He's, play? like, schizophrenic. Yeah, perhaps. Uh-huh. There's also something really funny in the social commentary about the internet of people trying to have conversations with totally unreasonable humans. <laughs> right. Thinking through their arguments. So, yeah, like if that was the idea that we found Yeah, this funny, guy, what the fuck? He's like, I could agree, but art jobs are in a different world than day-to-day labor. Art jobs pay on what you bring in. Yeah, and he later said, Here. people don't watch Avengers for Colby Smolders. I was like, yeah, but that's not... Not saying everyone in the cat, like obviously, if you're top billing, <laughs> that's what I was like. Just talk about Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence. Like, this was a that's an example of what we're talking about. But where it got so weird after he said, I denied it, it was, I said, Well, no, I never denied it. I've literally been <laughs> saying that it's real all the time. His response to that was, What are you talking about, you crazy bastard? This is literally, this has literally nothing to do 
with the EA Sports golf game this August. Hashtag drunk mofo. What the fuck is happening? Exactly. So. So this guy just gets his rocks off being weird to people on the internet. Yeah, a lot of people are into that. Yeah, and my response was just to say, oh, you crazy. (laughs) And just kind of let it at that. And then, like, the original Jasmine Simon liked that tweet. <laughs> so, it's kind of, so she read all of these crazy things. <laughs> it's kind of this, this weird back and forth. And yeah. then she's like, oh, yeah, he crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. This guy totally contradicts him. That is, that's what I've been telling you. Women do not get equal pay. And his first tweet was, it's not it's about not pay. pay. <laughs> the first thing he said to me was, it's not about it, pay. It's something, though, Jason... You need to not engage with these fucktards on Twitter. I'm sorry. Like, I, Twitter's but, a tough place to do. Twitter's all places where women get death threats. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. I, mean, I so, honestly don't know how I find myself. I immediately just assume the guy didn't uh, follow something. I was like, oh, I can have a normal conversation. Uh, I assumed it would be one tweet. And then he said something else. I was like, well, here's this article. Just check this out. And I just yeah. thought that would be the end of it. But then all this other stuff happened. But I broke my cardinal rule. Uh, I see a lot of comedians, famous comedians, they'll engage with someone. They'll have a long back and forth. They're retweeting their tweets. And it ends up, I, I, without fail, if I go to that person that they're talking to, uh-huh. uh, if I go to their page, they have 25 followers. Or 45. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, you shouldn't be talking to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got 19,000 tweets and he's <laughs> got 25 followers. But like, you know what? Yeah. Even if he had a million followers, this is the problem with the internet. Yeah. You know? There's just people just... Uh, and there's, um, there's a lot of safety and anonymity where people feel like mm-hmm. they can say and do anything. I mean, even if they're like tiny little pictures there next to their Twitter handle, like you can't, you don't really know this person and they're hiding. They're hiding yeah. behind the computer. Yeah. So. yeah. And they don't learn the lesson that people lose jobs <laughs> you know, over this stuff. Yeah. Over stuff that they say on the internet. That's um, true too. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint all of your listeners, but that one seems complicated to do on the fly. But that's the thing, guys. Comedy takes time, all right? Sometimes it takes time. Hey, no, the, I think uh, we've done exactly what this portion of the show asks for, which is just to give an idea of what that process starts to look like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a really simplistic idea would be personifying an internet troll and have that guy like start out seeming normal and then maybe like keep removing costume pieces. So you step <laughs> along the way, like until he ends up like dressed up like a, a freaky football player when he makes that like, comment about sports no, no, at the no, end. No, or, or he's literally a troll and he has like the big purple or that. hair. Maybe that's the final <laughs> costume. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like maybe you're trying to cross the bridge and this is who you run into and that's right. the costume. That you have. Okay, the troll and, and poor Jasmine Sullivan just has to like stand off to the side and let you defend this one. <laughs> well. You're coming to the defense of women, which is great, but it is funny that the woman who started this becomes silent in the conversation. Right. Yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah. I just said Jasmine Sullivan, who's a singer. This is Jasmine Simon we're talking Simon. about. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and Jeb, and I didn't see um if she was having conversation with anybody else about this. Um yeah. 
Well, she also probably was like, I'm going to back out of this. <laughs> I'm going to bow out. I've had like one too many Twitter wars. <laughs> I, I like that yeah. she was, was like, I'm out of here, but she was following it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and to a certain degree, I could see her and her position was like, you know what? I'll let somebody else have this. Con- I'm tired of having this conversation. <laughs> it's, it's so tiring. Well, there it is. Thank you so much. You both are fantastic. Thank you for having us. It was great oh. to be- we actually didn't talk about another show, How to Break Up by Text, where we analyze audience members' screenshots on the spot. We perform and analyze them, and they get a free shot for submitting. Awesome. Sounds great. Shameless plug. <laughs> no, I'm all about plugs here. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was really, really great. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot and I had a lot of fun too. Good. Good. Ah, they are so great. I love them. Aren't they awesome? Their laughs were infectious. They are so funny and smart and they're great. They're just awesome people. I bet they are super fun to go to a wedding with, to like be at a wedding reception with. I just have a sense about things like that because I like going to weddings and I think they would be fun to go to a wedding with. That is a high compliment coming from me. I was really inspired by their show and that conversation. I hope you were too. I would love to be in a position like theirs where I was like regularly performing a show that I really believed in and that I created. And it's their show is it's so legit. They have this really great crew. They have this wonderful assistant who's super helpful. So big thanks to Emily. But I would just love to be doing something that is that good on that level. And it is really inspiring to see their show and then to talk to them about it was inspiring for me. And what they are doing is what I aspire to do. So I hope you were inspired and I hope you learned how you can do what they have done. And I hope you get to see them perform sometime. If you're going to be in Palo Alto, California, in a few days, they will be performing blogalongs this Friday, August 18th, at the Theater Works Silicon Valley New Works Festival at the Lucy Stern Theater. That'll be at 10 p.m., so check that out. They will be back in New York City in September performing their other show that we didn't get to talk about, How to Break Up by Text. That's going to be on September 15th at 8 p.m. at The Pit. I want to see that show, and I want to see you there. Find more online. Go to blogalogs.org. That's just a portmanteau of blog and monologues. It's not a clumsy portmanteau. It's just a portmanteau. Blogalogs.org. You can check out howtobreakupbytext.com. Follow everyone on social media, Facebook at Blogalogs NYC. Also find us at There It Is Pod, Twitter at blog underscore ologs, and us at There It Is Pod and me at Jason Far Jokes. And on Instagram, you can follow me at Jason Far Picks. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.